Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 129 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today we're going to be talking about Psycho Goreman, and everyone wondering what the hell Psycho Goreman, well, you're about to find out. Uh, and uh, this time around I figured, why the hell not go back to a, uh, a tried and tested guest of the podcast? I figured B-Rob would be the best one to come on. How you doing, sir? I am here for the madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this film definitely is that. <laughs> so, uh, first and I, foremost... I know you brought it up. I know you brought it up, but why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll definitely get to that at, uh, when we get started, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get the, the boring stuff out of the way and then we can really dive into... Uh, whatever this was uh so first off blokebuster stuff if you want to find us anywhere we're on facebook instagram twitter at blokebusters you can email us the blokes at blokebusters.com you can go to blokebusters.com it's lovely there you can go to allportsopen.com and uh, it's a lovely little website there with every other podcast on our network so many fine people there do go check them out uh, if you want to support us in any sort of monetary way, not saying you should, but you should, uh, we do have a Patreon, at Blokebusters. There's not much there at the moment because, well, I haven't had time to, <laughs> to flesh it out. But, Boy, uh, ain't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps yeah. on slipping into the future. <laughs> yeah, even just, um, you know, a dollar a month would just help keep the lights on. So, yeah, uh, if you are so inclined and you have the disposable income, please do consider that. Uh, but, uh, anyway, getting to this wonderful film, uh, directed by Stephen Kostansky, who, if you actually try and look him up, you will only find Astron 6, which is a Canadian film production and directing company. Uh, and they kind of direct by... Almost direct by committee, although that's not actually sort of 100% correct. Uh, there are some films that they've done where all of them direct. There are some films they've done where one or two of them direct. And in this case, it was solely Stephen Kostansky that did it. Uh, and a budget of I don't know. And this actually did have a box office. Uh, it was released in 2020. Uh, it was going to premiere at South by Southwest in March of 2020. However, something happened, and so therefore it didn't. Uh, but, uh, but then it was screened later that year um, through the online uh, festival. It was Beyond Fest that they did. Uh, and then it was released in cinemas and on video on demand on January 22nd of this year. And... Uh, it had a box office officially of $95,384. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, if it had been released, you know, let's say in January uh, of 2020, I feel like it probably would have made a bit more than that. Uh, but uh, we can get into why in a minute. Uh, but yes, uh, probably should <laughs> talk about why this film. Uh, and really, genuinely, the reason why this film is that I found out it existed. Yeah. And um, I was like, that sort of seems perfect. Uh, why the hell not? Why wouldn't I want to, <laughs> to watch this and then talk about it? It felt very much, looking at the trailer, definitely a different feel, but still, uh, still had that... Um, still had that vibe of turbo kid um hmm. i don't i don't know if you've seen turbo kid uh but um i kind of that 
Yeah, that, that film was really cool. Definitely sort of... That one was a love letter to the sort of retro style, but also, like, really its own thing. Whereas this felt, just from the trailer anyway, this felt like it was almost a parody and love letter and just balls to the wall of the 80s almost sea movie horror films um and uh yeah i i was like yeah i'm gonna have to talk about this one um so what what was your introduction to psycho Goldman? uh i seen a trailer at random and <laughs> i was like my kids act stupid like this <laughs> so this is something my kids might want to watch because it seemed like very memeish to me like you can meme a lot of things from this film you know that's just based on the trailer then it yeah. kind of gave me like um you know power ranger vibes and stuff yes you know the costumes <laughs> and everything all only thing i didn't see was uh make my monster grow you know <laughs> and, uh, i was like fuck it, I'll take a chance and uh, sit down and watch it with the cheering. And they were laughing their heads off while I was sitting there like, how does this even exist? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really does straddle that line of like, it just the right amount of campy, like you just sort of go with it. That that little girl got Uh, on my nerves. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, uh, one of the first things that I sort of noticed, but it took me, I think, the longest to click in my head, is that the girl in this, and I couldn't get an age. I don't think they officially said how old she was, but I would wager she couldn't have been more than, like, 12 at the very most. Like, it's probably more like 10. But she felt like Cartman. In this, like, just the level of pure insanity and just, like, disregard for anyone else. Uh, And they was like, yeah, this kid is just Cartman. Um, So, uh, and she almost does it better than Cartman does, uh, (laughs) at least in this bit. It was just something Uh, about her delivery that was just kind of like... I want to reach through the screen and put my hands around her neck. <laughs> but I think that was the intent. So, I mean, they did their job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and actually, one thing that even though it's definitely played as a joke, and it even becomes a, a massive plot point later in the film, but the whole thing about Crazy Ball and just the insane rules right and everything, it's like, <laughs> My my daughter is four years old, and this is the sort of stuff that she does. She will yeah. just she'll just throw this stuff out. It's like, no, no, this is how we're playing it, and you have to do this, and then this, and this. It's like, wow, they actually they nailed that. <laughs> yeah, I too, as a child, had uh, tangled in the the occult magic and uh, <laughs> did all kinds of manner of debauchery to entertain myself. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it can it's be very interesting. Us word, us giving it words and giving it power through this podcast is not doing it justice. You have to <laughs> begrudgingly put eyes on this thing. Yes, yes, um, mind-blowingly I, I, enough, you know, <laughs> just looking at the stats on this thing, uh, freaking six point two out of ten from IMDb, ninety-one percent. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. 67 <laughs> on Metacritic. This is all over 50% ratings. So, I mean, yeah. it's not yeah. one of those bottom-of-the-barrel films that you see getting like 30% and 20% and even 6s and 9s from what I've seen in some instances. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell, one of the only like genuinely negative reviews of this actually came from someone from RogerEbert.com who gave it one and a half stars. And it's like, they, even though they were you know, not too uh, you know, not too glowing about this film, they still could have rated it a lot worse. Like, you know, this, 
yeah, a, a website where you'd expect there to be some like you know, serious critical con- like, critiques of the film and things like that. Like you wouldn't expect a film like this to fare that well <laughs> on it. And uh, yeah, one and a half does. I can see the stuff shirts over at RogerEbert.com giving it that. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I think this film. If the whole crazy ball thing doesn't get you in the opening, um, the the thing that really will tell you if you're willing to go for the ride in this is upon losing crazy ball, the the older brother Luke is made to dig a hole to bury himself in at the behest of Mimi, Which... and the hole that he digs <laughs> is. Um, I mean, it's as if a meteor had smashed into their garden. Yeah. It's and then It's kind of weird because, you know, in that scene, you know, he dug that hole, huge hole, looked like he had a backhoe to use it to uh, do such a thing, like you were saying. Um, that's when they find the trinket. So yes. how long had the trinket been there? I, I know they might have discussed it in the movie, but honestly, Paul, Usually, you know, when you ask me to do these things or I even volunteer in some instances that Mm -hmm. I do my research to an extent. I might watch the movie twice. I might watch it a third time with the director's commentary if I actually own the Blu-ray or something like that. But this film was fire and forget. I watched it that one goddamn time with my kids and I never put my mind on it again. (laughs) So you had to fill in some holes for me there, guy. (laughs) No, no, understandable. Um, I I will say that I don't believe they ever specify the exact amount of time, and the only people that would know are that weird like council, the planetary yeah. alliance, or whatever they call themselves. And even if they would have thrown it out, like it would have been some weird name for the you know the length of time that we yeah. wouldn't understand because you gotta imagine that, that it's been film. a long time because yeah. there's uh, uh, the, there was no signs of disturbances in their yard before they dug i mean there's a whole neighborhood surrounding this thing houses and trees and everything on top of it you know so it had to be there for a long time to predate even this uh cul-de-sac Yes, yeah, and I'm assuming it was one of those things of like he was thrown down on a primitive world, like mm-hmm. deep in the ground, and now all of a sudden he's come out, and yeah, it's it's one of the the interesting things in this is they 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 didn't even attempt to give you a like well you know maybe she is. Like, you know, she falls on it and it imbues her with the power or things like that. Like, no, they, they just flat out basically went, this girl picks up this jeb that she won because she won a game of her own inventing. And that just gives her full power over this insane uh, ancient murderous monster from yeah. the stars. And, uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> I I honestly am having a little bit of trouble trying to explain the humor in this yeah. because it's it's almost as if it's sort of yes. Monty Python-esque in a way. It's very as if. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like there is some sort of Monty Python-esque elements to it in as far as the crux of it seems to land on the fact that nobody is taking it seriously mm-hmm. um so like like even some of after the, obs- the yeah even after the big scene and everything you know he crawls up out of the ground and search for the jewel and whatnot and i have it actively playing in the background right now so <laughs> i'm at the scene to where he is revealing himself to the homeless people in the warehouse and ah uh, yes <laughs> they do not seem disturbed at all it's just like they're a little shaky but they're not like scared scared until that first guy gets bitch slapped across the daggone place yeah yeah and and he gets it easy actually yes <laughs> that's, that's the easiest thing that happens to anyone uh but uh but yeah no the like uh there's things that absolutely just make no sense even if you are accepting that 
this guy is a random alien from space who has all of these psionic powers that he's able to basically do whatever the hell he wants. Um, like, okay, that's kind of fine. But the things like the two siblings have a conversation by knocking on the walls. Mm-hmm. And there is literally no rhyme reason connection whatsoever with the number of times they knock like how they knock or anything like that like they're able to have several back and yeah. forth different length sentences in pretty much the same number of knocks each time so it's yeah i don't even think that was morris code at all <laughs> no uh, it absolutely was not um yeah like there, there are several i think there are a couple of times where it happens where there's like three knocks but there's like seven words said and it's yes. just like like okay yeah that no, we we understand this is a stupid bit but we're just using it to forward the plot mm-hmm. um and and yeah like like some of the things in this is like okay clearly this is just in this just because like probably the biggest thing for me is the fact that the alien is from the planet Gygax, and you will absolutely never be able to convince me otherwise that that was not a nod to Gary Gygax, the the creator of D&D. Because this film very much feels like a dramatized session of Dungeons & Dragons or other similar... (laughs) Uh, tabletop role-playing game because yeah some of the things that happen in this is like that could only happen because somebody rolled a natural 20 or somebody failed utterly on a roll or something so yeah so right now (laughs) the dad was attempting to fill in the hole and he got a splinter in his hand (laughs) yeah no yeah his uh his hand is now useless um that was actually really interesting like i i thought that given the nature of the film so far and everything that the the dad actually was one of the most interesting characters to me because he was half an audience surrogate because he actually kind of had one of the most natural reactions to anything in the entire film which was and i don't know if you will recall at this point but uh, there's a point where a psycho gorman throws a, a flaming skull at um, at the brother it goes through the wall and then bounces off the wall behind the dad and smashes into the tv and he's just like curls into a ball just kind of like what the fuck man yeah <laughs> like, and then it's like he actually sold the things that were going on around him as to where everybody even when um their little buddy their friend or whatever get turned into like this pile of goo monsters blob thing <laughs> nobody bats an eye not even the fucking parents <laughs> yep no, just, no it's just it's just a weird brain with tentacle giant brain with tentacles um and and yeah it's like that was that was another really strange thing to me and like seriously anyone at this point that hasn't seen the film like please pause this and go and see it because even though we're actually talking about it, I promise you we're not actually really spoiling this film for you. No. Um, It is complete and utter madness what we're saying. We're just like, (laughs) he took a toke of his favorite uh, recreational drug. So did I. Mm -hmm. We chased it with a vodka or whatever strong spirits that you want to use. And then we just like workshopping this madness right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah this really does kind of feel like you're in a writer's room with about 10 people and they're all coming up with different things like no this is all in the same film um all this stuff just decides to happen i guess i don't know um but uh but yeah no this film is so weird um but yeah the, the kid turning into that monster the thing that I found funniest about that whole thing when that happened is that the uh, the girl Mimi basically was telling Psycho Gorman that she wants him to basically just be there for whenever she wants him to be there and to do whatever she wants. And he turns him into this giant brain with tentacles. And... Her immediate response 
is to completely not acknowledge that this has happened and to not say anything about, well, how is he going to do the things that, like, because she wanted someone to play basketball, I think, or baseball or something like that. Yeah. It's like, this, this brain could not play basketball or baseball at all. It's just no way that's happening. And she doesn't even admonish Psycho Goreman or PG, as they call him, um, for for somehow getting this entirely wrong. It's just like, yep, okay, that's, that's just him now. Uh, and or, or even when they discover the, the homeless guys that he decimated in the warehouse or whatever, they were scared, but they didn't yield a reaction that was fitting of what horrors they did see. Because this dude was like, frozen in place and his eyeballs were rolling around in his skull the other one was flayed filleted and displayed on the fence and they were just like ah <laughs> yeah pretty much it was uh like fairly um for all the all the 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 slander we are giving this film it is gory <laughs> and just like bloody as hell but it's just oh, like yeah. the way it's done is just like Sesame, you gave the characters from Sesame Street like real life guns. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a better Happy Time murders or whatever the, the thing yeah. was. Uh, uh, it was yeah. a more adult Power Rangers. Like I said, <laughs> there before. you go. Yeah, they're absolutely. Um, and yet, the guy that was basically flayed and strung up, and uh, for the life of me, I cannot place it. Um, what is the horror film with the Cenobites? Uh, with the box, the puzzle box. And, oh, uh, the uh, the Hellraiser. Hellraiser, yes, yeah, the like just that single square of the warehouse was just like that's the Hellraiser section where that guy had yeah. been torn apart. Um, and yeah, you see it. I think once, once or twice, just some quick shots, and then yep, yeah, that's gone. Um, and yeah, the guy who's frozen with his eyes going back and like yeah, Psycho Gorman basically going on this rant about how he will. Uh, you know, he will forever be in torment and then he just gets knocked over, shatters, and then the mouth by itself just goes, Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it I I think I genuinely think the people that were making this film had about a three sentence idea for something which is just, you know, psycho goreman, terror from skies controlled by psychopathic nine-year-old and oh, there like, you go. <laughs> that's pretty much all they had all they needed and they just went for it i mean like there's for no reason genuinely no reason whatsoever um they throw in a kind of too good to be in this film <laughs> or at least too good for the film it could have been a lot worse music video yeah. Slash song like and it's catchy. It's actually a catchy song and they don't do too bad of performing it. Um uh and it again it even just kinda of comes back at the end. Um which which I, I do have to say, um I I did love at the end of this film, uh there's a point where Luke, the brother, is asking Mimi for an apology. Like, that's literally all he wants, and he'll probably do whatever she says. And her response to that is to sing this song again. And if you listen to the song, it's basically her saying that, screw you, I want to do whatever I want. You can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that, that's pretty much the basis of this whole freaking movie, that this controlling little girl made this stupid obnoxious game so she can always be right and win the psycho ball or whatever the hell crazy ball (laughs) and you know she just ultimately gets her way this whole time and gets people to do whatever the hell she wants the dad does what she wants the mom gives her some lip back but she still gets what she wants and now Mm -hmm. she got control over this big wet moist (laughs) monster man (laughs) (laughs) it does whatever she wants because she got the stone and everything and you think yeah. it would boil down to like, oh, she learned the error of her ways and, you know, she can't be controlling over everybody and she got to learn that she can't control everything. But that's not what the fuck she learned. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I, there was, there was so one much, point in this. <laughs> there's so much. 
But like, <laughs> what I really want to know is because I want to see if we on the same wavelength here. What is okay. your favorite line or favorite part of this movie? That's all I want to know. Uh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think my favorite bit in this film, and it's because it goes on for the exact right amount of time, and it's just just the right level of it's insane but funny, um, is the come and find me scene. Um, when Psycho Gorman is yelling to the father, like, yeah, come find me, come find me. And then it just kind of, it's a horrifying scene for the dad. And then the dad's just like, oh, okay, okay. But where are you? And then he just comes back. <laughs> just gives him full on directions on how to come and find the injured Psycho Gorman. And I think, yeah, genuinely, I think that's probably my favorite bit from from the entire film. Um, although, although the, I think also the biggest groaner for me, uh, kind of giving you the converse there, is I genuinely believe that they named the mother Susan so that they could have the line, how's this for lazy Susan, in the film. Because... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, in, in, indulge me. Is a lazy Susan like a, a thing somewhere? Because I'm missing. It, it is. It is. Yes, basically, a lazy Susan. Uh, for those people who do not know what uh, what they may have in their kitchen, um, any you and you've probably seen this and just never really thought about it. Uh, you know those corner cabinets that you can get. Uh, generally, it'll be like the kitchen sink. And then it kind of goes off and it's a corner, but there's a cabinet down below. And instead of having a door that opens, it rotates Ah, and spins around. And that's a lazy Susan. Um, Like that's a lazy Susan type thing. Like it used to be referred to as only there would be a board on the countertop and then it would spin around. Like generally you put things like, um, uh, like appetizers or if you had snacks or stuff like it'd be on that and you could like, have it in the middle of a table at parties and it would just mm-hmm. rotate around. Something something um, very pinky-like. You would have your pinky out when you're using this thing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, uh, uh, but now, um, in at least in modern America, um, uh, when you're talking about a Lady Susan in a kitchen, it is referring to those rotating cabinets. Um, so, very well. This, um, and this I, has been and, your <laughs> culinary delights. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, and um, and definitely the reason I know this is we just had our kitchen remodeled, so we have two of those uh, <laughs> in our kitchen right now. Double lazy seasons. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, definitely, definitely makes your life easier if you have one of those things because you're not going to be doing that deep reach into the cupboards to try and grab something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but uh, but yeah, okay. So what what was your favorite? bit in this film then it is uh, two different bits but it's all the same thing okay. is um there's a point to where like she's under his control i mean he is under her control because she has the, the jewel the stone the parallax crystal yeah. or whatever the fuck so <laughs> she tells him to shut the hell up and sit down in the warehouse till they come back so he is mm-hmm. he can't do anything but sit on this little bucket in the warehouse and around him was some um guy magazines or whatever it was ah uh, yes <laughs> and he was like he was just looking at the guy magazine he was like he, he, he's i forget what the exact lines were but it was just like i don't know is this turning me on because i think it is or some shit like that uh, uh, <laughs> and then yes, later on yet. in the film they dag on the, the magazines get destroyed he's like no not my magazine uh yes yeah i i remember <laughs> yes uh, the um uh, i believe it's they are bringing him, uh, like I think it's a t- an old school TV, uh, and uh, uh, they apologize for not having any um, any porn for him. But they do have magazines with hunky boys. Yes, and uh, and yes, so he he looks at the magazines and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I I have no interest in, in these hunky, hunky boys. boys. And then he's just kind of like, oh, or do, do I? I? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, not and my yeah, hunky boy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean that that was a a solid solid joke right there. Like I I I do appreciate that they just 
they obviously threw it in because it is just objectively funny that um, that they they would just bring him this magazine and just be like, well, yeah, yeah, here's some, you know, some nice looking men. Here you go. Um, yeah, and they, him yeah, actually just be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, right. they, they're also assuming what he like, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah. I genuinely, this film bounces all over the place, so I feel like that's what we're doing too. But <laughs> yes, I, I, mean, I it, enjoy it. You so right now it's playing in the background, and it, they're at the the council on the other planet and everything, and they talk about Psycho Gorman and how he's this and that, and they got to go get him. So one thing that I was not expecting was when she assumed the form of the lady that they got from Earth. Yes. So, they beam her in there. They teleport her in there somehow, and then she is, you know, encased in this uh, glowing cube. And then the cube just goes from like full size to like miniature and squishes her and turns her into a meatball. I mean, a meat square. <laughs> and yeah, and I was just like, yeah. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting take as well because yeah, it is this thing of they're clearly supposed to be the good guys and yet the person that they have as kind of the head of these people has absolutely no regard whatsoever to just destroying a random human so that she can go about and get rid of this evil and obviously the uh the common take on that would be like you know well you know it if you're gonna prevent mass genocide by psycho gorman then you know what is one life, uh, mm-hmm. especially given the end of this thing. But um, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, uh, it's interesting to to see that, and it really does make you look at it and go like, okay, I'm not sure I am behind uh, this one behind Pandora. I believe the name was yeah. um, to to do that, and yeah, it yeah uh, and. It's just crazy. One thing, oh, one thing is on my part right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, have, I have no interest in hunky boys. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for hunky boys. Then it's zooming uh, in. Yes. Or do I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's so so well. Like the pacing and the the shots in that. Yeah, perfect. Like absolutely done well. Um, but uh, but yeah. I, I, I have to give them props actually. Like you know, we've uh, we talked about a lot of the stuff that's in this, and um, and you've mentioned it briefly as well. And like we say, you know, it it's like an adult Power Rangers type thing. Like yeah, obviously told from a different point of view, and we're technically the bad guy winning, uh, yes. but um, but still, it's it's kind of like that. And the costumes, the design, like everything that goes into this. Especially given that you know it wasn't made on a typical studio budget, mm-hmm. uh, like the, yeah, I believe that's if they spent money on this thing, this is what they spent the money on—the costume work, because it was yeah. the most elaborate thing throughout the whole film. Because I mean, they and the CGI that they used for like the otherworldly planet and whatnot, but it's just like they literally didn't do anything extravagant outside of the outer space elements. They were just in the woods. There was in a warehouse. There was at their house. And, you know, there was just like in the woods again. So, I mean, they weren't really doing shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of the the costumes for the, for want of a better term, just to lump them together, aliens, uh, they were all amazing. Did you throw your hands out there when you said that? (laughs) <laughs> aliens <laughs> yeah I had to style my hair up in a thing for that but uh, yes like just the the pure design of some of these things like the one that was basically a witch uh, effectively like at one of the, the best looking ones there there's one that was uh, like I guess just a robot that had a robot bird on his shoulder, and he was the only one that Psycho Goreman always assumed would just betray him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you had the brain in the in the glass jar and shit. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, the, I I couldn't figure out like, 
You had one that looked that, like the Grinch if you pulled all his green fur off. And that was like yes. one of the main ones that was talking all the time. <laughs> you did indeed, yes. Um, uh, a guy like the guy that had the crown um, yeah. very much looked like uh, a typical lich again from Dungeons and Dragons. So I think that's uh, uh, where a lot of uh, the inspiration probably started. Um, and at least for some of those designs, uh, and they just kind of ran with it. Um, but yeah, like the, the actual, like if we're going beat for beat, uh, the general plot, if you know anything about how these films work, like you sort of knew some of the beats that were coming. So for instance, the fact that he says at one point, I don't understand how they, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, yeah, I don't know how they were able to overpower me, like how they were able to overcome me. And Mm -hmm. you find out that his entire force of generals uh, basically were like, yeah, we'll sell him out so that we can control a single moon of this planet that we were on. Um, Mm -hmm. And as, as a collective unit, Uh, (laughs) but uh yeah, like so, you saw that was coming. Although uh, that actually does remind me of another one of my favorite little bits in this: uh, the the sort of mutated policeman. Yeah. Who's just <laughs> he just wants to kill himself, <laughs> and he can't. Um, so, like that, I I love that. Like his the, the whole thing of him just being look what he's just a mindless drone now, and it's like no, like he's clearly still in there, and, and he doesn't. Want, and he doesn't want to, to live anymore, but he, he can't kill himself. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, the little boy in there is fixing the TV, and he's not turned into the gelatinous pile of flesh stuff yet. Yeah, yes. That, uh, I, I believe that uh, from roughly where you are, that's probably in about 10 minutes, I think. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it would be nice if you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. So, so I mean, some of the some of the dialogue in this, like it's just so brilliantly done, and it and it really is just the juxtaposition of some of the things in it. So, um, uh, in in the scene actually, when uh, uh, Alistair, I believe, is the name of the kid that gets transformed, uh, uh, when he gets transformed, and then the parents come out and they meet Psycho Gorman, <laughs> um, and. Mimi is just saying, like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. I can control him. Like, yeah, he's not going to hurt you. And he says, it's like, I will kill you. <laughs> um, and, she's, and she's obviously just playing it off for last. Like, oh, he's so funny. Um, but like, the, the juxtaposition that they do with that, and they, like, and obviously the girl is, as I've said before, insane. Yeah, because, um, like, uh, when he... <laughs> When they went back to visit him in the warehouse for the first time, when they brought the TV and stuff, he was like, he jumped at her and he was about to get her. And she was like, huh? Okay, all right, we good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She was like scared for a second. But when she realized that she was in control and had power over him, she's like, da 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 Yeah, and it, it, it is something like, I, I don't know uh, like the guy that portrayed... Uh, Psycho Gorman, um, like in terms of the body, was uh, Matthew Nienaber, and the voice is a guy called uh, Stephen Vlahos. Uh, I'm assuming I'm saying that right. It's V L A H O S. But like the the journey that he goes on from just like wanting to kill everyone and just being forced to listen to this girl to genuinely caring yeah. <laughs> um like it is actually really well done and it's definitely one of the things that uh surprised me most about this is that like they actually make you believe that this guy sort of came to understand that what love was uh, yeah. by the end um and uh like is when he uh spoilers for anyone to say when he gets his powers back at the end he actually agrees to let them live and to like not harm them because he has grown to really like them um and actually i thought uh 
that was a fun end of the film and like i think at this point we definitely should talk about the end um yeah because uh like he spends most of the film talking about how when he gets his powers back when he's able to uh to leave he is going to go back to conquering the galaxy mm-hmm. and like that's his like he's gonna you know destroy the council that we've seen he's gonna go and uh pillage the galaxy and at the end, he's like, you know, I will, you know, I will let you live. I will go now. And then I was expecting him to go back and you know, destroy the council and all that. Nope. He just goes to what appears to be the next town over. Yeah. <laughs> he just starts wreaking havoc on Earth. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like you get to see like the, the TV reports of this giant naked purple man uh going around <laughs> destroying buildings and killing everyone and uh and again uh everyone that's watching this just seems to be like oh well yeah that's the news it's just Which, another I mean, day in the hood <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and yeah the um uh the the scene over the credits when you just saw Alistair like coming to the dinner table as the brain and they're just all eating and no one's saying anything. And it's like, it's like, oh, okay, yep. Like, even Alistair's parents either... And it, it's the genuine question, which is worse? They either have just gone, yeah, okay, that's him now, or they haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really I, tell I, which is which. <laughs> no, absolutely. They, they, they are just... It's one of those things where it's like the stereotypical, oh, the parents are just so indifferent. They're probably all wrapped up in their own lives. They don't know, but... Uh, but given this, given what this film is, they also could have just been like, "Oh, yeah, you lo- yeah, you didn't bring your shoes home." Like, yeah, as he crawls back as a, as a brain, it's like we pay good money for those. Oh well, like, uh, yeah, I have no clue. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, uh, yeah, genuinely, I, I, I didn't think um, uh, this review would be as long as this. Cause, no. Um, <laughs> Not yeah, my I mean, hunky boys. I'm seeing the scene yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like this film. I I kind of don't want to spend too much more time talking about it, just because like I want as many people to see this as possible. Just because, yeah, because we we we're, we won't do it any justice if we went through it minute by minute and described everything that we saw. <laughs> yeah, no, and and I promise you, everything that we've talked about. Even though you know about it, like, it'll still it shock just, and surprise you just the visual of it because this is audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the the visuals of this film absolutely make it. I mean, it's there's so much, so much in this where it's like they have an incredibly schlocky dialogue throughout. They have a plot that is not. You know, it's not something that you've never seen before. It's not you know, out there, but it is definitely a good mix of independent filmmaking with homages and uh, that sort of feel of the old school 80s horror. Yeah. Um, and the warrior's but... death is rough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like it, it, it's just like the right tone. Like, and obviously there are people that this film is absolutely not for. And mm-hmm. if you are not a fan of, um, I mean, I'll say horror film, that there's definitely horrifying element to this. If you're not a fan of sci-fi, especially the sort of B-movie-esque sci-fi. And if you're not a fan of... Um, Shenanigans. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that. There is gore in this. I mean, it's it's not uh, to the extent of let's say. Um, There's gore, know. man. Indeed, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not something where like you're seeing someone's intestines being pulled out and it's super realistic or anything like that. But um, there are definitely aspects in this that are very well done, and uh, you know the some of the blood is clearly just water that's been dyed red and some of the and yet some of the things look somewhat realistic so um you know there's going to be a level to it where some people won't be able to stomach it uh but uh 
No, like, absolutely. That this film, um, it needs to be seen by by you, everyone, everyone that uh, that is willing to watch it. Basically, if you see the trailer and you go, like, even if you're just like, "Huh, oh, that seems interesting," you'll enjoy it. Like, <laughs> you know, they they did a good job with the marketing of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, like it, it's so weird, so cool, and uh, also the one thing that I didn't. Uh, bring up yet which um uh, again kind of surprised me uh in this because i'm absolutely not someone for whom the audio is a big thing uh the soundtrack to this is really good uh, <laughs> i i don't know who they got to do it uh i i could not find that out uh before we recorded i'm going to go out on a limb and guess that it was either in-house or you know possibly someone that they knew like the people that created this film they might have known someone that they were just like hey do you want to just kind of do this with us um because uh, most of it if not all of it is definitely not a high high ticket item in the yeah. <laughs> when it comes to music uh but uh uh it yeah the the audio for this definitely works fantastically um uh, as as we were just saying, the visuals, yeah, no, this this film needs to be seen to be believed, definitely, um, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, like it it is something where like tr- trust me, um, you um, I mean, unless unless you absolutely hate uh, any of the genres that I just said, like you will be happy that you've seen it, um, whether or not you're gonna watch it again is the mm. question but uh you you will be happy that you've seen this film <laughs> I, 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 think um, you, I think you hit all the wickets my man <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna ask if you had anything else you wanted to bring up but um uh, it, it is psycho and it is gourmet mm-hmm, absolutely um and uh and as one counter says it's a good name <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah go watch it to find out who said that uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I I think we should just leave it there uh, yes. because uh, <laughs> otherwise we'll just be going even more around in circles. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's no Scott Pilgrim or the Losers, but it'll do. <laughs> oh no, I've, no, yes, it's uh, it, it's not going into my you know top ten films of all time, uh, but this is definitely one of those films that I absolutely would be willing to sit down and watch this again. Like yeah, if, if I have some friends around, um, and I that's have like I, I've tortured a, myself for an hour and thirty five minutes and fifty eight seconds, so now's your turn. <laughs> yeah, it's like if uh, if my daughter is not around and uh, I have some friends around for two hours, like I will throw this on and be like, "You guys need to see this." <laughs> As you slowly back out of the room and lock the door. <laughs> It's uh, all the exits are barred, and uh, I have the only remote. So there we go. Uh, but uh, no, yes, uh, I I think that has to be it. Yes. <laughs> like I said, we'll we'll just be repeating ourselves if we go any further into it. Um. So yeah, with all of that complete rambling <laughs> that was in there for all this, like seriously, my end, uh, my end comment on it is just. Please see this film. <laughs> you yes. to. Um, but yes, uh, after all that, uh, obviously jumping over to you, uh, Mr. B-Rob, uh, where can people find you if they uh, wish to do so? You can find me on the wonderful world of Twitter at 3RShow. Also, you can see me wander the wizarding halls of Walmart on Instagram at the three R show. And if you're interested in anything else I do, like the podcast, the random rambles with Rob, you can find all the information pertaining to on randomrob.com. Yes, absolutely. And uh, as you go there, you might, you might hear a familiar voice and see a familiar voice. Uh, which one you yes. go to. Um, yes. And uh, I believe I, I hold the record uh, for longest episode based on, uh, at least on YouTube. Uh, yeah. I have not gone through your entire back catalogue of audio episodes, but uh, I can't imagine 
there's, uh, there's many out there that are yes, longer. You, you, you have the <laughs> longest YouTube episode indeed. I think you are in second place out of 280-something oh. episodes, maybe 290 <laughs> as of right now episodes you are in second place for the second longest episode ever oh okay okay well uh, i mean you only had me on to ask one question uh, yeah i, I asked you one question and it took <laughs> almost three hours to get the answer <laughs> it is it did indeed so next time have two questions for me and i'll, I'll beat that i'll, I'll get that i'll have spot. i don't i'll have a phrase and i'll get your thoughts on the phrase i don't think i can ask you a question Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, yeah, we'll come up with something. No, yeah, I, I definitely need to come back on. Um, yes. Maybe, maybe next year. Like, give your audience a break, and then have me back on for more in random ramblings again. Very well, uh, as but, a date. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, t- thank you for coming back on and uh, doing this sort of, uh, uh, yeah. A relatively uh, mini review based on uh, how I normally go, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think um, uh, I, I think we definitely covered everything we need to with that. Uh, and watch the damn again, movie. If you want, <laughs> yeah, absolutely watch it. Um, and uh, yes, for for those of you that uh, didn't listen to me the first time, uh, again, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Blokebusters. You can email us the blokes at uh, Like, please do reach out and let us know uh, what you thought of this film, what you thought of this episode, what you thought of any episode or any film that we covered, or if you have anything that you want to cover. Like, just please reach out, let me know, and uh, chances are I'll end up doing it as long as it's not Grease, because oh, hell no, no, I'm not doing that film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched Psycho like, Garmin uh, freaking. 30 times before I watch One Grease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I watched it enough when I was a kid. And uh, now that I have full control over what I watch um, when you know my daughter's not awake, um, then, uh, yes, I, uh, I, I refuse. I'm just, yeah. That's all I would say. I refuse. Uh, but, uh, yeah, seriously, do reach out. Uh, let me know anything that uh, you might want us to uh, to watch and review and uh, we'll get back to you but uh, once once again as always uh, with all that being said I've been Paul I've been Rob and uh, I'll see you next time bye now my hunky boys in case I don't see ya good afternoon good evening and good night hang on a minute lads I've got a great idea uh Louis I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship still here it's over go home go